today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I mean, here you are praying, God, open up this door. I don't want to use a door this time. How about that? I want to use a window this time. In fact, I'm not even, I don't even need a window. I could just come through a wall if I want. But here we are focused in on praying, Lord, you know, do it this way. Open this door. And like the Lord's saying, you actually, truth be made known, you don't want me to open that door. I got a way more better door over here that I want to use and open. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Sometimes when you pray, you might pray a prayer that is both asking God to do something, but also telling Him how to do it. And in today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that while it's perfectly okay to ask things of the Lord, you have to listen to His response on what He'll do and watch to see how He will perform it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 32 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. So here again, and we're going to see this throughout now, at least the next, I want to say, three or four chapters, but much of what we have here in Isaiah is about the Assyrian army who's going to besiege Jerusalem, surround Jerusalem, to take Jerusalem. God's not going to let them. And the reason God's not going to let them is not for their sake, but for His name's sake. God is, as we're about to see, God is going to deliver them. And he's not going to allow the Assyrians to succeed in their attempts to take Jerusalem. So we know from Second Kings chapter 19 verse 35 that there was an army of Assyrians encamped around the walls of Jerusalem, 185,000 strong. And the Israelites are freaking out, for lack of a better way of saying it. And we're going to see that again here in a moment. But an angel of the Lord, and we're not told his name. An angel of the Lord is sent down, doesn't use the sword of man. He slays all 185,000 of these men from the Assyrian army. Overnight, the Israelites wake up the next morning and 185,000 men are laying dead on the ground before them. One angel, not the sort of man. Uh, I think there's a, another takeaway here. Just indulge me for a moment. Listen, God's ways are not our ways. Um, if I'm there at this time, and I witness this, I'm, I'm saying to myself, wow, Lord, that was really cool. <laughs> I kind of like your way of doing things a lot better than my way. I would have never thought of that. God, you're amazing. Your ways are too high for my understanding. Well, that's, we know that. We're going to see that in Isaiah as well. His ways are not our ways. 
His thoughts are not our thoughts. Could you imagine if the way we think was the way God thinks? What do you think? That's kind of scary. (laughs) His ways are my ways? Wow. No, I want His ways to be infinitely higher than my ways. You know, oftentimes, I heard this many years ago, early in my Christian walk, and it's always stuck with me. You know how it is that we're, we're praying, you know, God, open up this door, you know, we're kind of anticipating and expecting that God's going to do it this way, because that's the way we would do it after all, right? And it shows up in the way we pray. We, they're called directional prayers. We, we pray, but we give God directions on how to answer our prayer. Come on, we do that, right? So the directional prayer is, God, do this, this way, at this time, in this color. (laughs) And God's like, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to do it that way? What if that's not the best way? What if I have a better way? I mean, here you are praying, God, open up this door. I don't want to use a door this time. How about that? I want to use a window this time. In fact, I'm not even, I don't even need a window. I could just come through a wall if I want. But here we are focused in on praying, Lord, you know, do it this way, open this door. And like the Lord's saying, you actually, truth be made known, you don't want me to open that door. I got a way more better door over here that I want to use and open. God's ways. <laughs> How many times, for those of you that keep prayer lists, prayer journals, you ever go back over them? I've been doing it for so many years, <laughs> since the 1990s. Again, I was only five at the time, but I mean, I've gone back over those. We're talking years ago, right? Even decades ago. And <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at these prayers. First of all, they bring back a lot of memories. But I'm looking at these prayers, and the, and the way I do it is the date I prayed it, what I prayed, and then how God answered it, and the way God answered it, and when God answered it. And I'm looking at this prayer request, and I'm like apologizing to God. God, I'm so sorry. What was I thinking? You weren't. I mean, had I known, here I'm praying for this, and you did that. I mean, even with this church, I mean, I'm praying so small, and it's like God's in heaven going, that's it? Yeah, that's all you want me to do? Yeah, Lord, just, you know, if we could just like rent some space, you know. You know, I know it's kind of small, and God's like, you want to settle for that? I've got 3.1 acres at 47525, you know, Kamehameha Highway. And I I guess I'm searching to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone whose heart is fully devoted to me. And when I find them, and they're going to trust me and rely on me, I'm going to blow their, blow their minds. Because that's just, because I can. (laughs) Because I'm God. This is what I do. (laughs) It's how I roll. Watch me now. I can do anything. But see, I know, I I don't want to go off on this. I talk about this often, and I think it's an expression of my own unbelief in my own life. 
I'll just be very open with you. I think of that man who said to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many times have I tied the hands of God's blessings and miracles with the ropes of my unbelief? And I don't trust Him. I don't look to Him. I don't even ask Him. I just, I think small. I think inside this box. And God's like, why? Why is your box of faith so little when your God is so big and desires to do this for you? Isaiah 32 Verse 1, how are we doing? We're doing okay? Don't look at your watches. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice. Um, it's believed that this is speaking of King Hezekiah, who was the king at the time. Another good king, by the way. He made mistakes. Big, big one, by the way. But he was a good king, a righteous king. He was the king at the time of this Assyrian invasion. But it's also believed that King Hezekiah is a type or a picture of Jesus as our king of kings. Now what we're going to see in this chapter is this kind of bouncing back and forth, as it were, between the now in Isaiah's time and yet future, that dual prophecy, the duality, the nature of it, it has a twofold meaning. This was fulfilled then at that time, but it will also be fulfilled yet future, much of which will be in the kingdom age when Jesus rules and reigns, and us with him. Verse 2, a man will be as a hiding place from the wind, and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The eyes of those who see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Also, the heart of the rash will understand knowledge." And the tongue of the stammerers, the stutterers, will be ready to speak plainly. You know what he's doing here? <laughs> he's just got done pronouncing this woe, but he's saying to them, there's hope, be encouraged. Actually on Sunday, our uh, teacher will finish, Lord willing, Hebrews chapter 6. I titled the sermon, Hope the anchor of the soul. Hope, the anchor of the soul. And this is what God is doing here. He's encouraging His people with that which He has promised to His people so that they don't give way to hopelessness and despair. In other words, there's a time coming where I will intervene and this is what it's going to be like. And this would be fulfilled, and it again has that dual prophecy. It will be fulfilled in the kingdom age. Verse 5. This is interesting. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. 
In other words, things were so bad that a, a fool was considered to be generous, and someone who was really cheap and stingy was actually considered to be bountiful and resourceful. Man, that's upside down. That's messed up. Verse 6, For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity, to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Also, verse 7, the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaks justice. But, verse 8, a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Okay, what's this about? Well, woven into the fabric of these verses is a powerful principle. This is not a principle you break. It breaks you if you go up against it. The principle is this, that the generous prosper in their selflessness, but the fool becomes poor in their selfishness. That's the principle. We saw it replete throughout the book of Proverbs. You can find it in the Gospels. Jesus would speak about this. You want to loot, you want to keep your life, lose it. You're, you want to be selfish and live for yourself and keep your life, you're going to lose it. That's the principle. Verse 9, rise up. Now, for the women, I just need you to Hang in there on this, okay? Because this is about you. Guys, don't check out, because it's about you too, actually. Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. Does he have your attention yet? <laughs> He's got mine. I'm not even a woman. Verse 10, in a year and some days, you will be troubled, you complacent women, for the vintage will fail. The gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent ones. Strip yourselves, make yourselves bare, and gird sackcloth on your ways. Okay, I think that's self-explanatory. Let's move on to verse 12. No, not so fast. What is this about? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you what this is about. This is a scathing rebuke against the women at that time, in that day. Why? Because it would seem that they were very superficial only concerned about what's the latest. Oh, hey, that's a, that's a really nice purse. Where did you get that? What's the, oh, it's a coach. Okay, I'm glad you didn't get that. I only know that. Well, I'm not going to tell you how I know that. <laughs> anyway, just, you'll forgive me. I, I need to say this. 
in love. But if I'm not mistaken, some of these name brand purses, aren't they like three, four hundred dollars on the low end? Um, I don't even, I just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll sell you a very nice purse for 50 bucks. <laughs> what? Anyway, I digress. But that's what they were into. That's what they were all about. Oh, the, the newest episode on TV. The, the newest reality TV show. And meanwhile, judgment is coming. The Assyrians are coming. In fact, they're already here. Have you looked out your window lately? We're about to see that next. And you're just concerning yourselves with, I mean, you're just living in this alternative universe, complacent, untroubled by what's really happening, the reality on the ground, as it were. And you're all caught up in all of this. You need to get rid of those name brand clothes that you're flaunting and wearing. And you need to gird yourself with sackcloth. It's a rebuke. And here's the thing, men, <laughs> it, it comes to this. Where, where's the men? Oh, they've already abdicated their leadership responsibilities. And now he's going to the women, the last line of defense. And if their moral moorings are like this, forget it. Forget it. It's too late. I fear that in many ways we live in our day, in a day, that this has become the norm. And I'm not just picking on the women, I'm talking about men and women. You know, a couple weeks ago the update was titled, Playing While the World is Burning, based on that idiom, fiddling while Rome burns. You're, it's like, you're going about your shallow life in the midst of what's really happening and coming, and in some ways already here. You know, every Sunday morning in the prophecy updates, I find myself just, I mean, almost pleading with people in warning that this, this is no time to play around. And certainly we live in a day that is unforgiving, most unforgiving of complacency. You know what complacency means, right? I mean, you're just kind of like not interested. The only thing you're interested in is your life in this world which apparently you're trying to keep, and you're going to lose it. Lose it, and you'll keep it. I tell you, the Christians that have 
let go of this world and the things of this world are going to bode well in the days ahead. And conversely, the Christians that are still holding on to their shallow lives in this fallen world are going to have unspeakable difficulty in the days ahead. It's going to get increasingly worse with each passing day. If your hope is, if you're relying on anyone or anything other than the Lord, I don't know how else to say it. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. Well, verse 12, I hope you received that in the loving way it was intended to be received. Verse 12, People shall mourn upon their breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. On the land of my people, verse 13, will come up thorns and briars. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous city, because, verse 14, the palaces will be forsaken, the bustling city will be deserted, the forts and towers will become lairs forever, a joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks. Again, these verses speak to this dual nature. It would happen at that time, and it will again yet future happen. But this is textbook in the sense that God will oftentimes deem it necessary to bring about a much needed humbling, to bring us to that place where He can bless us again and pour out His Spirit upon us again. Because you see, in our pride we grieve the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Pride precedes the fall and destruction even, as the Proverbs say. And a haughty spirit goes before a fall. And it's again like God is pleading with them as he may be even pleading with some of us here, humble yourself. Oh, I want to bless you, but I can't. Because I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. The proud I know from afar off. I can't, I can't, I can't even be around you when you're proud. You know why that is, by the way? Because God himself is humble. I cannot. I want to, but I cannot pour out my spirit when you're harboring a spirit of pride. Verse 15, listen to this. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace. I could use me some of that. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Boy, could I really use some of that. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old wind.